welcome to the What's Your Niche or Niche podcast. I am Jessica Rodriguez, and I am a podcast manager, producer, editor, launch specialist, and pretty much anything that has to do with podcasts, I do it. In this podcast, you will learn directly from the experts on how they decided on their niche. They are going to take you through their journey, provide some great advice on how to discover your true calling, and they will provide you with some actionable steps to follow when selecting your specialty. Are you ready to find your niche? Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another What's Your Niche podcast episode. I am so excited to have Amanda Engler here with me today. Amanda Engler is on a mission to revolutionize the virtual event space. She helps online coaches scale their businesses through virtual events. These women want to make a bigger impact in the world, buy their seat at the table, and be a part of real change. For Amanda, there's nothing more exciting than pairing her client's movement with a virtual event experience to create a shared journey of transformation with attendees all over the world. Welcome, Amanda. I am so, so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Jessica. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And Amanda is another entrepreneur that I met through the Free Mama Movement program. And she actually helped me with my virtual event, my very first virtual event, where I did a launcher podcast in 30 days live virtual bootcamp back in January. And all her advice really helped me, you know, grow and and uh, get more people to join and have a better experience when they did join. So before we get started, I wanted to ask you something. Sure. So I know the name of my podcast is what's your niche. So do you say niche or do you say niche? Oh, that's such a good question. (laughs) I say niche. I don't know. I feel like, you know, everybody has their preference and I don't even rotate. I know some people actually rotate through and like always like say it both ways. And I'm like, no, I have like the most Northern Michigan accent. So we're just going to go ahead. We're not even going to pretend I can say it fancy. I'm just going to go ahead and say niche. (laughs) I know. And niche, it does sound so like, I don't know, just, it does sound fancy and European or something because I did look it up. That's why I've been telling everybody. I did look it up and it wasn't in our uh, American dictionary until 2003 pronunciation. Uh, So yeah. So, so depending on where, who, who you heard it from, if it's somebody of an older generation, it's niche. And then yeah. of course, you know, niche, but niche does sound kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. use niche also. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amanda, I want you to start by telling me what exactly you do and how you got started in the online world. And then was virtual event planning the first thing you did when you joined the online world? Oh, this is such a good question. Also, Jessica totally rocked her boot camp. She rocked promoting it. Um, she participated in a challenge that I do that like kind of lays the groundwork for everyone to host their own, plan their own virtual events. And she made one post and she got like people signing up already. It was like the coolest thing to watch her build it. So yay, Jessica. So I'm originally from the face-to-face events industry. So I worked for a boutique resort property here in Northern Michigan. And then, you know, I had kids and I was like, wow, this is really not sustainable. I can't work these crazy hours and face-to-face events and then also like raise this family. It just, it wasn't working out. Um, and then I met, like Jessica mentioned, Lauren Golden, the leader of the Free Mama Movement. And there was this uh, opportunity to work from home as a virtual assistant and being in the, you know, face-to-face events. I was like, cool. I just, I can totally be an assistant. I've been assistant. And then I was like a manager. 
I could totally go back to being an assistant and like just everything was moving so fast and having two kids and just like life. I was like, I just need a break. And so that's actually how I was able to leave my nine to five. We're dual income house. Like we need both to make it happen. And so I actually, when I came on to the online space, was just a general VA. I had some local clients here, but also like some clients that were in California and, and all over, all over the world. And what I learned from that experience is that I really like to run the show. And <laughs> if you have that in you, finding a niche where people can look to you as the expert is definitely the path that you want to go. And with my background in events, I was I wasn't totally sure where I wanted to go with it. And then I started helping with my online. I primarily served online coaches and they were doing summits. And so I started helping them with that kind of more as like an OBM role Mm -hmm. opposed to like this new virtual event planner niche. And then the pandemic happened and I had all of my clients That were, you know, all my old previous face-to-face clients that were like, Amanda, help us pivot online. And I was like, okay. And so something interesting happened in that because a lot of people did not want to go to virtual or they tried to take the face-to-face experience and just plug it into a virtual setting and it doesn't work. And that's actually where I came up with this three-day live virtual event model that I teach. Um, and I took it back to my summit clients. I was like, hey, like I did this with them and it worked out really well. And they had really high conversions into their offers. Like, do you want to try it? And we did. And it actually worked out even better than their summits. It was less work, it was less speakers. It was just so much less and people were getting so much more. So that was a really fun and exciting time to kind of figure that out and then just go all in on it. I mean, once it started working for my summit clients, I let go of like, I was doing bookkeeping, Jessica. I did social media management. <laughs> yeah, so did I, I social did. media. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so much of that just to get your feet wet and try things. And mm-hmm. then, like I said, I didn't think about virtual events as a niche. I didn't think that would be a thing. And I, quite honestly, helping with the summits. And then if it had not been for the pandemic, I don't think I would have niched down into this. Mm -hmm. I might've stayed like as an OBM or something. So that's a little bit about my story. And now, you know, I still work one-on-one with clients. I help manage their speakers, their content development, and, you know, help them share their offers from stage, shaping those offers, what the presentation looks like, uh, all of that good stuff. And I also do have a program for coaches that want to learn how to do it themselves or have like a team member take it so they can then use the same, you know, the same systems, everything that I created and implement on their own. Um, And that program is super fun because I get to work alongside with you in a a group atmosphere and there's office hours and there's lots of feedback and forums so we can really dive in because everyone's event is unique to their niche and their avatar and what they need to deliver on. Um, So it's really fun. I get to help so many more people opposed to -to one-to-one. I get to help so many more people in this capacity and like get so excited about their movements and the people that they're serving and the impact that they're making, improving lives and other people's businesses. It's so fun. 
And I think it's funny that we all, when we started in the online world, how we didn't go into exactly what we already knew how to do in the regular world, right? Isn't it? It's kind of funny. We see our skills and we know what we're, you know, we know our skills, but when we come into the online world, it's, it, it is, it's a different thing. You don't know exactly how to implement what you already know, what, you know, how to do. So we kind of go in a circle, but I think like, even like the social media management and all that different things, it helps when you finally find, you know, your niche, because all those things you've learned, you actually use in the niche you're, you're doing, you know, currently. Yeah, doing. exactly. It makes you so much more, it makes you better at what you do. Yes. And I can totally see that the pandemic. Yes. All of the, the in-person events went to online just, mm-hmm. you know, out of nowhere. I mean, just everything, even the, you know, the schoolwork, everything went from in-person to online. So everybody was having to learn that. So now it's just kind of a more of a normal thing. Do you see that? Like people are using both in-person and online events now more than they ever did. That's such a good question. And yes, I mean, I think it would be foolish if you are an online coach not to have like robust portfolio of virtual events. And when I say that, I mean like challenges, workshops. And when I say workshops, I don't mean webinars. I mean like an actual workshop and a three-day live virtual event. Like I, those are my three favorite virtual events. And of course there's summits and there's webinars. There's like so many different types, but those are my three favorite because of the value they provide to the attendees. And even if you are a brick and mortar and, or like associations or corporate meetings, they are also doing it. And I think what is a really good indicator of like where we're at in the pandemic and how things have changed in our society is how many employees are still not returning to a physical workplace. Work from home is so much more prevalent. And that's always kind of been my indicator of like, okay, so like our are virtual events going away? Are people going to only want to go? There's no replacing face-to-face, right? But mm-hmm. if you're trying to scale your business and you want to be able to reach people around the globe, there's no replacing virtual events. And, you know, like you just have to look at the goal of what you're trying to accomplish and then pick the right event for what you need, you know? So if you mm-hmm. need a face-to-face because you want to like, travel and meet some of your, your people and do like a meetup and have a face-to-face. That's awesome. That totally makes sense. And is a very good use of your time. If you have enough, you know, clients around that you can do that, or, you know, if you're still scaling and you want to continue to serve, then the virtual events are the way to go. You just have to be very pragmatic about it and don't try to pretend that something is different than it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I happen to like them both and I like how they do the virtual events and then you have like a live event, you know, and, and it can't, it doesn't have to be every year. It can be every other year or something because those Mm -hmm. live events, I mean, they are expensive. The, the venues and everybody, not only for the person doing the live event, but for the people traveling to the live event. I mean, it's expensive. I mean, everybody has to fly out there, you know, get a hotel and the virtual events, you're just there, you're online. I mean, it's, free other than your internet, you know, that you're paying for, you don't have to really get dressed or partly dressed. <laughs> so, you know, you can just go and, or, you, you know, if your kids are home, it's okay. Cause you know, get them preoccupied and you can be on the virtual event. So I, yeah. I thought it was really neat what you said, because I hadn't even thought of it. The brick and mortars can also do, 
you know, the people with real businesses, you know, that are, because I don't know if everybody knows what a brick and mortar is, but a business, you know, with a building, like a, a hair salon, let's just say a hair salon, they can even do virtual events. So it's not just online businesses that do it. Actual in-person businesses can do virtual events, right? Yeah, totally. And actually what's unique, if you look at the landscape of just physical businesses like boutiques, they have all pivoted online and they still like, I would, I, I don't know the numbers. I'm not like savvy enough. I haven't looked into that, but some were able to maintain their stores, reopen their stores, mm-hmm. but now they do like a majority of their sales online. And so whether you have a physical product or a digital info product, like these virtual events help you scale predictably, consistently and sustainably. Whereas before, like right, people were sure they were very hesitant about this, but now it's just a part of life. This yes. is how we do business. We still have this because this is nice for our local community and, you know, um, something that we enjoy, but we also have this other revenue coming in, which is anytime you can diversify how you are, you know, your revenue, the better, because that is what's going to help you sustain your business long-term. Now, if someone wants to become a virtual event planner, what would be the first steps they should take? So if they wanted to become a virtual event planner, I would say like, this is my number one tip. Just say you're already a virtual event planner. (laughs) Just say it and go start talking to people. Also, we have a community called Virtual Event Central. It's for hosts and individuals looking to plan for those individuals. And so you can totally come join that group. I go live with free weekly trainings for both the host and the planner. So that way you can gain the best insight into what this really looks like and what kind of things you would have to do. And my other thing is like, if you haven't attended a virtual event, go pay the like hundred bucks and go attend a virtual event. I'd say usually they're between 47 and 97 mm-hmm. is like the price point. Go attend one that of, of a mentor or someone and have the experience, but then also reach out afterwards and say, Hey, I saw these things happening. Do you have anyone helping you with this? I would. So like, this was great. This is what I improved. This is great. And then make an offer to like chat with them and, and go in more detail with that. Uh, I've done that a few times and have won business from reaching out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what type of person is best fit? to become a virtual event planner? Like is there um, a specific type of person or like kind of outgoing or do, do they have to really be an outgoing kind of person or, you no, know? No, no. I would say a majority of just like that planner personality is more introverted. A lot, I used to work primarily with just VAs wanting to niche down into virtual events and they're mostly introverted. I like to think of myself as like an introvert extrovert. Like if I'm in front of people. I I had so much sales training in my previous life. Like I can turn it on and we can chat and then I'll go take a nap afterwards. But- <laughs> That's exactly me. <laughs> I know we're a uh, undercover. What is it? Extra, what, introvert or whatever, whichever way it is. But yeah, we can, we can pretend to be extroverts, but. <laughs> and then behind the scenes, nobody knows. We're in our sweatpants. Just yes. yes. Netflix and chill. <laughs> 
Now, Amanda, tell me about your program, because I know you train people to become actual virtual event planners. And so tell us a little bit about that, because I know other people, you know, they've probably planned their own wedding or they've planned, you know, different things for their families or for themselves. And so they're thinking, hey, this might be something I would really like to do. And I know that your program is really, really great. So I want you to tell them, you know, more about your program. Yeah. So it's a 12 week program and it takes you through like how to get clients, where to find them, like what to charge pricing. And then it also helps you do the thing. So it's like part business, how to run a business as a virtual event planner. So you can replace your salary. That's primary. That was my focus is like, how can I do this without working a ton of hours? And have the finances to match, right? Like I, I'm very big on this word called harmony. Like I need to just feel good about the amount of hours I'm working and the amount of hours I get with my kids. And so when I was kind of navigating those waters, I kind of figured out, okay, the price point in which I need to charge my clients and that they would actually pay. Mm-hmm. The amount That's a huge one, I- Amanda. That really is a huge one. That's a very helpful for you to tell them that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, figuring out like how to manage it all so I can do it really efficiently. And I think that's where the systems inside the program really make the biggest difference because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's a process you take your clients through and it's just that management piece. And kind of going back to that personality type, if you are managing your kids, you're managing your household or you were like at a corporate job and you had some kind of management capacity and you're very good at like multiple things going on. Like my brain, I just need to have that going on. I need lots of stuff going on all the time. Otherwise I get super bored. So it's nice to have that fulfillment in my career path. Um, and so, you know, talking about mindset, like how, how do we deal with that? And also like, what happens on event day? Like sometimes like we, again, this personality type of a planner, like we take it so personally when it's like, what you might feel like is not good. is still probably a million times better than what they were ever expecting. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we take it so personally, we're so hard on ourselves. And so chatting through that is, I think one of my students said was like, she's going to revisit that module every month because it has helped her so much with that piece. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Amanda, now, do you happen to have, uh, I know I I've taken it, I think a couple of times, your three day event that you actually put on for your own self. And I love it because I think you had like a free part, but then we also could join as VIP, which of course I did (laughs) (laughs) because we got like a little extra things in there for the VIP, you know, part. So do you have anything like that coming up that people could join and learn from you and maybe, you know, even want to join your program or start doing different virtual events on their own? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, For the summer, I've decided to do a summer workshop series. And in September, which is my birthday month, I will be doing a three-day live virtual event. And so that's going to be September 7th, 8th, and 9th. The registration is not open yet. But as soon as I get that going, I will open that up for everybody. But the summer workshops are really to help you lean into some of those less tapped how do I want to say this? The less tapped levers you can pull in a virtual event to help your clients get those like 30% conversion rates into their offers Mm -hmm. um, that make all the difference, right? That exceed your client's expectations. So 
gamification and bots and all of those other fun things that you can leverage from these experts. So I'm really excited to be rolling that out. We'll have one in July um, and August as well. So I'll be sure to share those links with you after this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm going to want to do that also, because even though I've already gone through your, I guess, the three-day event that you had for yours, every time I listen to you say something, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. I need to do this. Or, you know, are those things, I know those are newer ones that you're, you're saying for the summer workshop series. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to learn all that. So yeah. And you know, if you hear about like all these different things and you start to feel overwhelmed, like don't feel overwhelmed, you know, it's when you have this virtual event, whether you're planning it yourself and it's for your own business or you're planning it for somebody else, you have the minimum I take on clients is three months. So you have three months to get it done. And each time you do it, the event will improve. So you're, it's, you know, just like anything, it's not going to be perfect the first time out. You're going to test and tweak and keep improving. And so what I tell a lot of my students or like coaches is that, okay, Let's focus on this main piece here and then we'll start adding in those extras. Those are just extras like gamification and Mm -hmm. because they do take a lot of extra planning and sponsorships and things like that. So piece by piece. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good, uh, (laughs) good suggestion to us that we don't try to do it all at once because I know that would probably overwhelm me, you know, so my first one was good because it was just more straightforward, but I like you know, I could do one piece at a time. Yeah. Add it in there. So to make it different because every virtual event, you want something a little bit different. So it's not exactly the same every time they, they do a new virtual event. I know you have different people that do the virtual events. How many times a year do they normally do that? Do they do virtual events? So it depends on or what like do you think is the best amount of virtual events per year a company should do or a business should sure. do? So again, it kind of depends on like their team, you know, as a virtual event planner, I like to dub myself as like OBM for your event. Like I'm overseeing, I'm not doing every single piece. I'm leveraging the team you have in place and we're, we're getting all the pieces together. And for a three day live virtual event, I say do that quarterly and you don't have to reinvent content each time. It doesn't have to be different. In fact, I would say like, keep it the same. A lot of my clients' events have people come again and again, and there's different things that you can change within it. Like you can have a different, different speakers speaking on different things, but for the most most part, it should remain the same. So it's much easier for you to go and implement each time, right? Mm -hmm. You're updating dates and times, and maybe you're adding this piece or getting sponsorships and things. But I would say do that quarterly because you still need that three month timeline to like get the things together and promote it. And the speakers can promote it too. And then in terms of like the other virtual events, I think having those in between are a really nice way because they're, it's just you generally in a challenger workshop, you're not having someone else speak to something. So it's just easier to implement those. Like that's why we're doing the summer workshop series um, is because I wanted to have more time with my family and like go and enjoy things with them. And then instead of doing like a three day over that, summer. Mm -hmm. So like if you did one, if you did it twice a year, once a year, it just depends on your capacity and where you want to go 
with your revenue, but yeah, that's what I would suggest. That's what oh, I, would I love that though, that you're saying that they don't have to reinvent it every time because it's true. Cause every time I hear you, I know you're, you're telling us kind of the same things, but I hear it differently. Cause I've learned, you know, from what you've said before, and now I'm hearing it for what I need at that time. So yeah, yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a great suggestion to people. And that's really for any kind of thing that you do. And even the, like the lives or the different things, you know, you're saying the same thing, but different people are hearing it and same people are hearing it. I'm learning. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's so funny. If you look at like us as service providers and the people we follow, we like attend most of their stuff over and over again. And like you said, they're really not saying anything different. It's just like, now you're at a different point. So you can absorb different information. And a lot of my clients, they worry when their students, like their higher ticket students enroll in their event. And I said, one, they love you. So yes, they want to come. And two, they're, they want to hear it said maybe a different way, or they want to hear it again because they're, like you said, are going to absorb it. So like, don't, don't worry that they're going to be disappointed because they're not, they always walk away happy and like raving fans and like the most beautiful testimonials. Okay. So before we go, tell our listeners how they can find you and how they can work with you. That's awesome. Thank you, Jessica. Um, so yes, come hang out in the virtual event central Facebook group. It is by far the best place to network with other online coaches that are hosting virtual events. And also now, is that a free group, Amanda, or is that yes. A, yes, that's your free group? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Come hang out over there. And then also if you want to work together, we have different programs and opportunities to do that. And so, uh, the, Cash Boosting Secrets Virtual Events Unlocked is my signature 12-week program for BAs looking to niche down. Okay. Thank you, Amanda. Oh yeah. I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited to hear this. I, I just know that so many people, I mean, they do, they do their own event planning. They do their own travel planning. I mean, they just have like that planner in them. So I, I'm excited for them to hear you and to, even if they just start off by attending, you know, one of your workshops or one of your yeah. events so they can see what you have to offer, because oh, I think you're great. <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. I think you're great too. <laughs> I had so much uh, fun interviewing you and maybe we can do an online event together sometime soon, or I can at least have you like as a special guest, you know, to come talk to my people also, because all of the people that do podcasts are also online business managers or entrepreneurs, you know, on their own. So I think it'd be something great. So thank you so much for being here with me. Okay. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a review below and send me a DM on Instagram to let me know. If you're ready to start a podcast or if you think podcast management or editing is something you would like to niche down and do, make sure to schedule a free consultation with me. The link is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you next time.